Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. It's, uh... It's August, Saturday night, August 8th, right here on 570 KVI, and you're tuned in to the best talk show about wine, spirits, cocktails, and more. And I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy and commodore of cocktails. And uh, so excited, as I am every time. This is Saturday night. We're having a good time in studio. We've got, uh, well, we've got some great folks. I've got Lisa Bear, who is the uh, uh, owner of Bear Winery in Woodenville, and they, uh, they're participating in the Auction of Washington Wines this year. As of mine, we're going to chat about the auction of Washington wines, which is next e- next year, next weekend, next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and there's so much to do, uh, so much fun, and all for a great cause for the benefiting Children's Hospital and, of course, the Washington State University Viticulture Center, uh, a brand new facility. So you ever go out east and check out uh, that place in the Tri Cities? Um, it's supposed to be fabulous. I can't wait to go myself. Um, but I've got Lisa Bear here with uh, Bear Winery in Woodville, and also coming up on the show, um, we're going to talk about one of uh, the world's most ancient fermented beverages, and that's called mead. Mead is a honey wine, if you will, or a honey beer, or just a, a honey a honey good time. It's uh, about 7,000 years old, and I've got Chris Weber, who's the president of the American Mead Makers Association, and he's actually located here in Washington State, down in Lakewood by Tacoma, and he's in studio. We're going to taste some mead and um, actually talk about what makes mead so wonderful. Um, But right now, it's time for the Auction of Washington Wines, and Lisa Bear, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Great to see you. Yeah, good to have you back in studio. And uh, actually, we chatted last year about about this time, didn't we? about the same time this last year, yes. It flew by. It has, and especially this summer is the most beautiful summer. So let's get our listeners up to date on Bear Winery. Where are you located, when were you founded, and what do you make? Oh, my gosh. We were founded in 2000, the turn of the century, in Woodenville. And we're still in Woodenville. We've grown to about 3,000 cases a year. We focus on Bordeaux blends of Bordeaux varietals. We have a delicious, refreshing unoaked Chardonnay for this summer that people are moving. Shard. Yeah, Shard that people are getting into. Um, and that's what we do. We're in the warehouse district. Okay, and the website is? Is bearwinery.com. Bear Winery. How long have you been involved in the auction of Washington wines? Um, since since we've been a winery, really since 2000, it's been a pleasure to, even when we were a small winery, that was kind of our introduction to the world of Woodenville and Washington wine. So it's been great to to have the winery grow and grow along with the auction over these years. Well, we'll talk about the auction. The auction was founded in uh, 1988. Uh, at the time, Alan Shoup was the uh, president of uh, Shadow San Michel, and they partnered with the, um, I believe it was the Washington Wine Institute at the time, or was it actually Children's Hospital? Not for sure, but definitely a great cause and it all takes place um, on the premises at the great chateau out there in Winville and they start off with uh, a Thursday and Thursday is called the picnic and barrel auction 
Yes. Yeah. So that kicks off the event, which is always beautiful on the grounds, always beautiful weather. Um, <laughs> it's either way too hot, hot and sunny, or it's rain once or twice, which well, is so crazy. I don't know. I think yeah. Last year, I think it was just right. So it was it is, just it's, right. It's nice to stroll around the grounds. You might see a peacock. You're definitely going to see lots of winemakers, lots of wine, fantastic food, and so that's a fun way to kick off the event. Really casual environment. Very casual, and it's uh, is really a walk around tasting. And we got some great sponsors who support that. Uh, obviously, uh, Tulalip has been a um, uh, a bang up sponsor that just produces great food, and they're they're also a great food and wine destination. But they've got some chefs producing uh, some amazing bites to to try. And I'm looking at this menu; it just sounds so fabulous. We've got uh, flavors of New Mexico, flavors of Hawaii, flavors of New Orleans, and flavors of the Pacific Northwest, of course. And then you've got uh, uh, some Wisconsin. Wisconsin cheeses, which is great. I'm from Wisconsin, so oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. that. Yeah, and uh, well, we got the California ice cream social. So uh, on these hot days, and when you're when you're ready to sort of give your palate a little break, um, we've got Mexican popsicles and ice cream sandwiches and sorbet push pops. Wow, um, I wish we had some right now, but I guess I I'll, it's six o'clock and I'm already ready for dessert. <laughs> so uh, the picnic is really a four or five hour event. Starts at four o'clock there at the, at Saint Michel, and parking's included which is cool. Yes, yeah. Pl- plenty of parking, really easy to get in and out. And uh, w- w- it's you don't have any tickets. You just buy a ticket and you get a glass and you taste everything you want to taste. And you sometimes you swallow, sometimes you spit. Exactly. <laughs> be yeah. sure that... Be care- we want everyone standing at the beginning and in the end of the event. Yeah. So, yeah. Standing <laughs> or lying down, taking a nap. <laughs> Bring a blanket. I, I guess, guess you can find do a that. spot. Yeah, a little blanket. Yeah, but there's some games. So there's uh, always the ring toss, which is mm-hmm. you can win some bottles of wine. Um, of course, you got like the... Uh, the cork putting or something like that, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Let's talk about some of the people who will be pouring at the auction picnic. Um, this includes, uh, of course, the wonderful wines of Shadow San Michel, but um, this is your chance to really meet the people from around the state. Of course, we've got uh, uh, some p- boutique producers, um, Patterson Cellars, which is uh, one of the stalwarts in uh, Woodenville, Chandler Reach, Cave B, Cadence, which is Ben Smith, uh, Brian Carter Sellers, who has also been making wine for about 35 years now. Some, uh, you ever heard of Anichi Sellers? I have not. Yeah, winemaker down in uh, the Columbia Gorge area, and they do a bunch of Rhone-style blends. Well, those are delicious. Ancestry Sellers, which uh, is always an intriguing name for me. Uh, I'm not sure if it's uh, old world going new or... <laughs> I don't know. They're in our neighborhood, though. That's what's fun about the picnic is to taste some of your favorite wines, discover some fun new ones that you haven't had before. Yeah, and uh, of course, you got the, uh, the the old guard here, the, the great icons of Washington State, Dunham and North Star and uh, Book Walter. Um, of course, Gorman's going to be out there. He's kind of the rock star of uh, Woodenville. And you're part of a group that uh, is kind of a rock star group. What's the that about? Killers. The Great Killers. Yeah, seven killers. of us. Yeah, so we'll be hanging out at the Alaska Airlines tent, which they're one of the sponsors of the overall event. So, yeah, so Gorman, Mark Ryan, Bear, Guardian, Sparkman, Derby, and Stevens Winery, all part of that group. And we'll uh, do some fun things together. The Society of Seven here. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. The uh, uh, tickets are available at the auctionofwashingtonwines.org. And uh, the tickets are incredibly affordable. If you think about a night out, you and your uh, partner, sweetheart, guest, etc., uh, 
um, all this great food, and uh, of course, we're talking about looks like 50 plus wineries, pouring wine, games, and of course, a good time. You don't have to do any dishes, <laughs> nope. which is also fun. And of course, they have some music and uh, entertainment, and the and the barrel auction. You've been a part of that before, have you? Yeah, for several years, um, off and on. Yeah, last year, and then this year. We have a really fun new offering. So Malbec, for the first time we've made, just a delicious, juicy, fun wine. So we're going to be um, sampling that. They'll be the first people to taste it. No one's tasted outside of our winemaking team. So we'll be pouring that, and that'll be part of that auction that people can be the first to bid on and own some of that um, wine that'll be out it's, um, next year. It won't so, be out till. So the barrel auction is a little confusing because it's you're not buying a barrel of wine. You're yeah, buying you don't how have many to, You cases? can bring your mini. You don't have to bring the big pickup <laughs> truck to actually take the the barrel with you, correct. And you don't get the wine until the following year because are these barrel samples from 14 or 13? Usually 13 and 14. So they're future vintages, they're reserve wines, they're things that people haven't seen or tasted before. So you're the, you're getting the exclusive kind of first grab at these wines. And so you're getting, yeah, so typically they'll be out in the following year. And what is a lot? Is a lot a, a case or is it five cases? It's a case. Uh, you're getting, you're, so you're bidding on one case of wine that hasn't been released yet and it's very special because you get to taste it there. So barrel samples and you get to own it first. Yes, correct. And when would people expect to have that uh, delivery? Probably next fall. Next fall, okay. For most okay. of the wines. Ours will be out next fall, so yeah. That's cool. It's interesting because we well, I've been a member or a participant of the Auction of Washington Wines for years, but we, we, we do the barrel auction, but we don't really see the wines after that. And I'm always curious, maybe we <laughs> should bring some of those labels and say, hey, this is what you missed last year. Don't miss this this year. Right, right. Yeah, they can see it. Because it's like, okay, you bid on the wine, you get to take home the cool little wood block, right? Uh-huh. You get a little, yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's not the instant gratification, but there's plenty of other wine to be had yeah. at the auction that you can enjoy right That's away. That's already in bottle. Yes. <laughs> Well, um, speaking with Lisa Bear, the uh, owner of Bear Winery in Woodville, and has been a participant in the auction of Washington wine since the year 2000. Of course, the auction is dates back to 1988, and we're talking about Thursday's event, uh, Thursday the thirteenth, right? Yes, thirteenth, 13th. 13th, the thirteenth, um, and that's the picnic and barrel auction on the grounds of Shadow San Michelle. And tickets are available at auctionofwashingtonwines.org. Now, on Friday, the next day, um, this is really a big ticket item, and this is really a uh, an exclusive opportunity to to what do you get you know, rub elbows or, or toast this glasses is, yeah this is the creme de la creme of the wineries they've actually reduced the number of dinners this year they're very exclusive they're the the very big names of washington wine bets you know people like that and they're always in a really fun exciting location meaning um, someone's glamorous house yeah, on someone's the water glamorous, not my house <laughs> but someone's glamorous house there was one last year where they were flying in on a float plane it was oh, like a yeah. fantasy island theme i wanted to do that one it was sold out immediately though yeah you got to grab these because they're super exclusive they've had some events even on a barge i think one year they had a barge out in lake washington when they had like 50 60 people just hanging out there in the middle of the water yeah, these are. This is an experience you're not going to be able to have anywhere else or any other way. And of course, celebrity chefs, great chefs from around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the top restaurants. Uh, I know that Roy Bremen is uh, the executive chef at Cedarbrook Lodge, and uh, he's been around and he does great work. Uh, if you haven't ever had food, have you even dined at Cedarbrook Lodge yet? I have. It's fantastic, isn't it? it yeah, is you just really good. you wouldn't even really necessarily know it's there. I went to a beautiful wedding there. Delicious food. Yeah, I'm excited. We have our Chandelier de la picnic there uh, coming up at the end of the month, uh, but. But these uh, 
these dinners are available, and the the whole list is available on auctionofwashingtonwines.org, right? And uh, what, six or seven dinners this year? Yes. Yeah, just a, just a few this year. And uh, you get a chance to, you know, take pictures and, of course, meet some, some people who love wine just like you do. Um, and remember, that this is a big ticket item, but uh, the proceeds, everyone's volunteering their time and their wine and their house. So um, there's a lot of effort that goes into these events and uh, the proceeds, which uh, you are generously providing, um, benefit... The uh, Children's Hospital and uncompensated care, meaning, you know, they don't turn away kids who don't have, uh, you know, resources because they're just sick. And But obviously taking care of people takes some resources. And so the Auction of Washington Wines is one of, is perhaps the largest uh, benefactor for Children's Hospital. And uh, I think we raised a million, well, over the years, $31 million. That's a lot of uh, kids to save. Yes. Yeah. We're, it, it's a fun event, great wine, great people. But, you know, the best thing of all is it's for such a good cause for the local community, for kids and families. And it's a fantastic. My dad was a doctor, and he's uh, he put in his, his years there at Children's Hospital, and he always said it was really difficult. But you know, you, these kids are seriously in grave illness, and uh, you know, you're trying to be smile and and keep it light because they know that the, the the well the dangers and the challenges that lie ahead but um, keeping it light is about enjoying the picnic knowing that you're helping in a big big way and the picnics on Thursday and of course these gala dinners are uh, or the celebrity chef dinners and winemaker dinners are on Friday and then the uh, the culmination of this whole auction of Washington wine weekends is on Saturday night the gala yes the gala under the big tent yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's a setting like no other. It's on the grounds, but it's in a tent. But it's so it's a fancy tent. You don't know you're in a fa- tent, <laughs> and it's not it's not super dressy though. So you don't have to you know break out your evening gown. You can bring out your fun summer dress, your sandals, you know your fun madras shorts for the gentlemen. So it's kind of you know elegant casual. So yeah, you don't have to be in the talks yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's a fun festive summer event, but not formal. The old days we were in the talks, and that was kind of cool until August started getting really really warm yeah. and then we we're like all blazing in our in our tucks and tails and uh, the ladies would obviously the ladies always like getting dressed up but um, I'm excited about this year because I'm looking at some shorts and, and something really fun you know maybe dress up uh, I, I, we're participating Seersuckers in- good Seersuckers. gingham is in this year a lot of good choices okay well um, tell you what we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to talk about the uh, auction of Washington Wines gala dinner uh, what goes on and uh, how you can get involved and if you want to get involved and uh, have Happy Hour Radio, you got to check out our website. It's happyhourradio.net. It's brand new. We put up all of our shows there. I just put up a whole new bank of uh, shows from the past month and a half, and uh, they are kicking. So if you ever miss a, a night in which we, we know that life is busy, but check it out, happyhourradio.net. And if you have any questions, again, I'll answer them by email. Send us an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, Advanced Sommelier, here on 570 KVI. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, this is Ethan Stoll of Ethan Stoll Restaurants. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KVI. Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. 
All right, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It is round two, so uh, what do you got in your glass? Pour something tasty uh, and raise a toast to uh, all the great vintners and winemakers and people, volunteers, etc. that participate in the Auction of Washington Wines. That's right, next weekend is the Auction of Washington Wines. It's at Chateau Saint-Michel in the fairgrounds there, <laughs> the estate grounds. Uh, we've got the picnic on Thursday, and that includes uh, all the wine you can taste and some great food from Tulalip Resort and Casino. And, of course, Friday night is... Is the big hitter um, exclusive wine and dine uh, series. It's their winemaker dinners and uh, gr- very lovely homes around Seattle, Mercer Island, Bellevue, Seattle, etc., where you can go in and uh, feel like a king and queen, um, of course, enjoying world-class Washington wine, whether it be Colcita Creek or uh, Betts and Leonetti's and, and the, the ones that you can't get. And uh, that's what makes these so cool. Of course, you're, ha- you're having uh, world-class food from great chefs from around uh, the, the, the town, the community. And, and on Saturday, uh, Lisa Bear and I were just chatting about the gala. So Saturday... Lisa, you're participating on the gala? Yes, we're hosting a table, and that means that everyone at the table will enjoy bare wines, a variety of some library wines, some new releases with their dinner. Um, so there's a different winemaker hosting each table. So you're going to have a winemaker in your face whether you want them there or not. <laughs> um, and you're not you're going to enjoy the wines of that winemaker and that winery, but people are just wandering around. They're pouring for you know different tables, so it's really fun, kind of casual atmosphere, and you'll be able to taste a lot of different wines with your dinner if you would like to. Yeah, so if you, you call yourself a Washington wine buff and you're really interested in the wine community and the industry here in the state, um, this is the must-attend event because this gets you into the heart. I mean, you're, you're seeing winemakers, you know, relaxed and having fun and pouring freely. And of course, you see all the players and you can take photos and, and meet the people. But this is really the inside story. This is why we're, we are so excited about it. Um, I know Lisa's been a participant since 2000. I've been pouring wine since about 2003, I think was my first year when I got involved. And uh, it's, it's a very gratifying experience. Of course, it's just a fun time as well. And uh, what's really cool is we're also honoring, we have some special guests we honor uh, each year. And this year, um, a good friend, Frank Blethen, and his lovely wife, Charlene, the uh, publishers and owners of uh, the Seattle Times Empire. And uh, of course, Marty and Megan Club, uh, from 1983, they started Lake Cole, number 41, over in Loudoun, Washington, which is just uh, outside of Walla Walla. So uh, we, we honor these folks. And of course, they're well connected. They've got lots. They've given a lot to the community, of course. And uh, honorary uh, vintner is Delil Seller. So you really have a triumvirate of uh, who's who in our industry and our media. Tickets are available at auctionofwashingtonwines.org. And some of the great things about the gala is truly is the auction. And uh, Lisa, you were telling me some of the great uh, auction items they have. It's wonderful wine-related experiences that you just, yeah, just you couldn't get them anywhere else. There's a one, there's an African safari where you're going to see animals. You're going to go to South African wineries. There's typically trips with a winemaker. I think there's been fishing in the past with um, Boudreaux sellers. There are things where fly a private plane and land in a vineyard and have a vineyard <laughs> experience. So the remarkable wine fun related experiences yeah and they're they're really one of a kind and um it's, it's truly a one-on-one experience and, and the one-on-one gets you uh makes friends for life that's what's great about it because you're generously donating uh your hard-earned resources for an experience that the winemakers and, and the plane and everyone else is donating so everyone's giving and we hope that you give too so the auction of washington wines is next weekend the picnic is thursday and uh you you got to be there uh, i'll be there pouring uh lisa will be there pouring and 
and it's great food. And of course, Friday night, I will miss that. I'll be at the Sunset Supper at the Pike Place Market. Oh. So I'll be doing that deal for all those uh, fun peeps out there in Pike Place. But on sa- uh, sa- Saturday, of course, the, uh, the great... The 15th, yes. Yeah, Saturday the 15th is the gala. It's a must-do. you got to do it once, and I prefer you do it twice because it's so much fun. Um, all the wine you can taste. Of course, uh, Celebrity Chef's making the menu. There's probably a five-course menu there. And this is going to be a, partly a tribute to a uh, longtime veteran chef who's been there from the beginning and is no longer with us, John Sarich. If you ever met John Sarich from his TV show days, of course, the Sam Michelle stalwart and uh, a great guy overall. Um, we will miss him, but we will honor his legacy at the auction of Washington Wine. So, Lisa Bear, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Anything else we have to mention about the auction? No, it's great. It's fun. Come out. It's like prom and first day of school all together. <laughs> you're going to see your friends you haven't seen in a while, make new friends, and yes. enjoy lots of wine and food. It's so a I'll, wine industry reunion. Yeah. Look once forward a year. to seeing everyone there, and I'll see you there. That's right. All right, Lisa Bear, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. Well, coming up next, uh, I've got uh, the world's oldest fermented beverage, and this is uh, something made from honey. Um, Honey is uh, from around the world. Everyone's got bees because that's what makes the world go go round and and allow us to eat and crops and all that. And I've got Chris Weber, the president, uh, the executive president of uh, the American Society of, well, we'll get that. Uh, I just want to say, Chris Weber, welcome to Happy Hour. Hey, glad to be here, Chris. Um, So tell me, what's your title? I am the founder and the former president of the American Mead Makers Association. And how long has that uh, association been around? The, it was when found, did you found it? Yeah, yeah. It was it was the first of May, two thousand twelve. Was oh. the in- initial incorporation date. So just a little over three years old. And uh, what's the um, participation, or how many members do you have? Uh, this year, uh, obviously, is our biggest year. Uh, we've got about 30 commercial uh, mead makers as members and uh, about 200 total individual memberships. Wow, interesting. And is there, um, obviously, mead is a fermented honey wine. And is it just about anything with honey? It uh, the, the mead, by definition, is fermented honey. Mm-hmm. But you can add fruit and spice and whatever other concoction you can come up with to it and come up with different varieties. Uh, sure. We'll so. talk about that. So um, you said the American Association of Mead Makers. American Mead Makers Association, okay. AMMA. AMMA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not the MMA? Isn't that a big fighter thing? You guys fight over Yeah, who we wants try to, to avoid that as much as possible. <laughs> That's right. You're dealing with honey. It's, uh, it's already sticky enough, right? Yeah. Da-da-da. Okay. So um, America, is that North American or is that the United States? It's, it's the United States. There, In the early days, we discussed about having it uh, North American or even an international um, but because of jurisdictional oh. issues and everything, we decided to keep it for now within the United States, so we're only dealing with the TTB. Uh, right. Well, okay, so. that's enough, isn't it? <laughs> besides, there's no taxation without representation, yeah, something exactly. like that. So uh, you got into mead making when? Uh, I, th- I made my first mead in 2008. 2008, and yeah. uh, that was a purposeful um Proposition. I mean, you said, I'm going to go buy some honey, I'm going to have some bottles, and I'm going to make this? Or did you sort of say, you know what? That's- well, I came across, uh, of course, you know, through the, the virtue of the Internet, uh, I was on some forums about winemaking because I was a winemaker then. Mm-hmm. And there was discussion around about of making mead, and I became fascinated with the idea. So I found a recipe that is probably where 80 90% of all 
mead makers will start with what's called Joe's Ancient Orange and Spice Mead. It's pretty pretty well known. It's not Joseph or Josef. <laughs> no, the, and uh, the it, and it's it's really simple. It's just uh, taking some honey and some water in a gallon jug, and you throw in some cinnamon and some clove, and you. Just cut an orange into quarters and shove it in there and then you throw in some Fleischmann's bread yeast yeah. and, um, uh, and watch it bubble and then you just put yeah put an airlock on it and let it go and in about three months you have this phenomenal spicy orange flavored uh, fermented beverage and and it was awesome the first time out and if there's any way to get hooked, it's to have your very first mead yeah. be that awesome. Yeah, so. I know, like you said, that first one was awesome because I know what happens after that. Well, that one didn't turn out so well. I've what had happened? a few of those. Yeah, that's part of uh, experimenting. And now you have a meadery yes. and a winery. It's called? It's called Outlander's Keep, and uh, we're based in Lakewood, city mm-hmm. of Lakewood, and uh, about 30 minutes south of here, unless you take I-5, and then it's two hours. Yeah. So avoid that, <laughs> as we know. Um, what's Dragon's Lair? Dragon's Lair is the brand name for our mead products. So we also make regular your wine, fruit wine, and uh, cider, which each have another brand name that they go by. That's wild. Now, how do you control the fruit flies that I'm picturing here with all this wonderful sweet stuff? <laughs> uh, mostly, they end up in the airlocks. Is what oh, I try to get in there. Yeah. yeah so. So, uh, so the airlock is, you know, having a secondary job, um, but uh, we haven't had a huge issue with it as yet. So, um, I haven't had to come up with another method. But uh, I've, I've have been in discussion with some other larger mead makers that uh, have come up with all kinds of different tools and I don't know how well they work but but I think it's just going to be one of those That's just yeah it banes. comes with the territory. Yeah, you're right? going to have to deal with. And so Outlander's Keep is the name of the the winery, the facility? Yes. And then uh, Dragon's Lair is your mead brand. Yes. And uh, you make ciders as well. What do we have there? Um well we're just getting into the cider. Uh so that's called Chambers Creek Cider Company. Hmm. Uh, we are we we are right on Lake Stillicum, cool. and Lake Stillicum is the headwater for Chambers Creek. I get it. So I see so. Um, a bunch of bottles here, and these are meads. So when we come back from this break, I'm excited to dive into some of the world's oldest fermented beverage, which is mead. And I have the pleasure of having Chris Weber, the uh, founder and former president of the American Mead Makers Association. So when we come back from the break, uh, pour something for yourself. If you've got a little honey, and pour a little vodka in there, I guess. We could talk about that being close to mead but uh i'll tell you all about it when we come back on happy hour radio hi i'm jamie piha with table talk northwest and you're listening to happy hour radio with christopher chan on 570 kvi A look at the world from a Northwest perspective. Lars Larson, live, weekdays, noon to 3. Talk Radio 570 KVI, want to know weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back. Uh, We have a little different perspective on Happy Hour Radio. It's time for round three, and uh, I'm going to jump into... Uh, well, the sweet, the nectar of the gods, ambrosia, if you will. It's called mead, the oldest fermented beverage in the world. 
Um, that is made from honey. And I have the, uh, the founder and former president of the American Mead Makers Association, Chris Weber in studio. Chris, you just poured three uh, glasses of very colorful golden and cherry-hued um, ambrosia. Tell me what I have in the first glass. The first glass is uh, a mead from Hierophant. Meadery. They are in Mead, Washington, which is just out of Spokane. Really? Yeah. So that's a uh, Mead High School too, actually. There. <laughs> that's, there's no correlation, is there? Um, it might be the same place. Uh, this is uh, uh, what's known as a methaglin. It's got uh, rose and cardamom uh, spice added to it, and uh, wow, a little on the. That is really, really exotic. Um, it it tastes there's a certain wine quality to it because you have some acid in there. Where's the acid come from? Uh, because honey doesn't really have any of its own. You have to add it, yeah. or or it'll come from whatever you add to it. Citrus or yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a beautifully balanced, very aromatic um, potion or concoction. It's it's called mead, and and it's from a specific meadery in actually Mead, Washington. Yes. Now that is too ironic. How fun is that? Yeah. Um, I love the the herbaceous. Well, not herbaceous. It's very floral. You mm -hmm. get the cardamom, which gives you this really warmth of a spice. Mm -hmm. um, so the rose and floral. And there's something else. The citrus, right? There's some some citrus or orange. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure the the complete recipe for this one. Um, basically, just from what's on the label, and I and I did pick this one up from the tasting room. Uh, their met the 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 it, Kinsels who own own the uh, place. Nice folks, and um, and they their background is in. Um, the herbology and that kind of thing. Herbology, so, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I man, minored in that over my years. Um, too funny. And uh, this is a very mouth-filling, um, delicate beverage. I mean, it's sort of expansive because it's got this great palate, this this pleasing softness, the gentil on the palate. Mm -hmm. Then it has the aromatics, and then the acid finishes, and it finishes dry. Which is, there's just a subtle hit of tannin there, and I'm kind of curious if that comes from. The uh, the spices, or um, is that something like a little citrus peel or something like that? It's delicious, mm -hmm. and um, it's interesting because you get the honey aspect to the, the honey nuance, but it's not sweet. But it has a sense of sweetness because you get that that smell of, and taste of honey, but it's really just a dryness. Yes, mm. and that's one of the things that um, the meat industry is really trying to. Uh, Get the word out now that uh, you know most folks are familiar with mead, maybe from the Ren Fair or from an SEA event and everything. They tend to be very sweet, uh, you know, yeah. a lot of honey and everything. And you know, you tell them that the base sugar is honey, and so they expect that. But now there's so much like this. This is just a local example of um, the difference that they're not always sweet. You have as much a variety as you do with with a wine. It can go from dry to sweet. It can. Well, the funny thing know, is, so. contrast the grapes are sweet, and yet. <laughs> We drink wine that tastes sour and dry. Yeah. So I think, you know, when people taste a grape, uh, a wine grape, I think they're blown away that it's sweet. They kind of forget. They think it's, you know, wine grapes are probably sour anyway. Yeah. doesn't make sense. Well, that's really fun. And um, mead goes way back centuries. The mead is produced all over the world for really, you know, um, centuries and mm -hmm. eons or whatever they call it. I don't know what goes past centuries. <laughs> <laughs> Millenniums, I guess. There you go. Um, uh, that's delicious. And, and I imagine they're in that $20 range or... Um, I th I think this uh, particular one was uh, about eighteen dollars. Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah. So, but most of them most of them are in that price range, yeah. uh, fifteen to to eighteen twenty. Yeah, that's uh, that's substantial, but it's also there's a lot of there's a lot of 
time and effort and, and mm-hmm. care that goes into making mead. Yeah. So from a bottle perspective, how much honey does it take to make one bottle of mead like this? Oh, uh, I usually put, uh, just to get a base honey, do a little math in my head real quick, I put about 10 gallons of honey. My fermenters are about 40 gallons. I'll put okay. 10 gallons of honey in that. So uh, it's a three to one mix. Th- so three to one. Get and 15 cases. So basically that's three to one. Yes. So you're talking 25 ounces. We're talking really uh, six ounces then. Yeah. Yeah. Of honey. Yeah. Interesting. Now, when you think about honey, obviously there's the little honey bear that we're so familiar with, and mm-hmm. there's clover honey, and then mm-hmm. there's all sorts of other kind of honeys that uh, you know come from different acacia honey and uh, pine honey and things Absolutely. like that. Uh, what is your your preferred uh, base? Well, for me, now I know some mead makers they just like to stick with one one base. I know several of them just go with what's called a wildflower honey, which is basically kind of a generic. You know, we sure. don't know where all the yeah flowers came Bees from. Bees make it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they'll split it up and add whatever they're going to add, and, and they still, you know, they end up with a great mead. I like to pick my honeys based on what I'm trying to make. For example, um, I make a, a spice mead for the Christmas time, a mold mm-hmm. mead, which I make with a cranberry honey. Hmm. So the way that we do that is the hives are put next to the cranberry bog, so we know that the majority of all the flowers that the bees are visiting yeah. are going to be cranberries. You're not going too far. Yeah, you're going to get that color, that flavor, whatever. When you taste the honey, you're going to taste the cranberry. Okay. Well, speaking of cranberries, this next uh, glass of mead we have has a little bit of a tinge cranberry color, if a mold color. What am I going to taste here? This is actually a, a plum mead. This is from our winery. It's called Plum Crazy. It's made with a damson plum. Mm. Very sweet. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a certain, um, there's a, a, a reminiscent of a little bit of the, the, the dried plum flavor and a hint, I'm going to call it prune because prune gets a bad connotation, but it's more of a raisin <laughs> plum. Right. There's a hint of raisin plum. Do you use bright, fresh plums every time or do you actually look them to get a little more sweet? And when you talk about sweets, you're talking about less water, which means they're getting wrinkled. Uh, no, we, we take them straight off, of the, straight off of the bush and process them from there. Um, I try to get them as fresh as I can. Sure. All, all, all our sense. fruit. Yeah, all of yeah. our fruit is fresh off the tree, wherever, the bush, whatever. And, now, uh, this has natural acidity, right? Because plum skins have natural acid? Yes, we... I, I try not... We're, I have kind of a low chemistry philosophy, so I, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> if it's not growing mold, it's okay. Is that it? Well, even uh, even some moldy fruit has made it in on occasion. That's so. <laughs> true. Well, they use that for sauternes and such, but yeah. try so. um, I have the pleasure of speaking with Chris Weber, who is the founder and former president of the American Mead Makers Association. He has a winery, a cidery, and a meadery down in Lakewood, Washington, called Outlanders Keep. Yes. And uh, the Dragon's Lair Mead, which I'm really excited about. So you produce this. This is made from blue plums. Mm-hmm. And the the name of this uh, mead is called? Plum Crazy. Plum Crazy. That's so fun. Uh, it has, <laughs> uh, you know, the sweetness really works with this one because you get that, that acid, natural acidity, and then... It's more more of that Riesling-esque, but sort of a, a, a Spätlacer, Auslacer Riesling has some ripeness to it. Okay, the third mead we have is what? Where is this one from? This one is from Rabbit's Foot Meadery in California. Um, they are one of actually one of the uh, oldest meaderies in the country, and um, mm. so this is a sweet mead. It is what we call a traditional. There's nothing else added to it. It's just honey and water. And, really? Yeah. 
it's re- it it tastes very much like a sauterne in that you get these caramelized, these toffee, these apricotty flavors coming um, out of this. And to think that it's just two ingredients, that's really wild. <laughs> now, does this does this have some age? Because it has that sort of um, there's sort of a development in this sweetness level. It's not just bright honey. It's more of a, a dried honey flavor. It tends to go on has some length. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure how long. Um uh, Mike ages his mead for, but um, it uh, and it depends. Uh, different ones age for different lengths of time. Some of them are aged in oak. He makes some stuff in oak. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, does this I, have I, any oak on it? I, I don't remember if he. I does get a sense one. that there's some some oak. There's this texture to it that just makes yeah. me think of neutral barrel or even lightly light barrel because it has yeah. a certain tannin to it. Yeah, you might, but I don't remember if he ages this one in an oak or not. Yeah. So. Uh, very cool. Well, we're going to take a break here in a second, but I want, I'm want i looking at that bottle and it says sweet meat. Is there a definition or a uh, um, demarcation of uh, what sweet meat is, what dry meat is, etc.? We basically follow the same rules of the wine industry. So whatever your, your residual sugar content is... Um, <laughs> I don't know that they know either. They, <laughs> interestingly enough, TTB says alcohol. If you get alcohol, a wine with alcohol 14 to 20, it's called dessert wine, whether it's sweet or not. A- absolutely. Yeah, I know. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It did back then because those were fortified wines at right. the time. Well, uh, sweet mead, and this is called from uh, the country's oldest meter? No, it's not the oldest, but it is one of the oldest. When Rabbit's Foot started, there was probably only five or six commercial meaderies in the country. Uh, the oldest that I'm aware of that's produced mead commercially is, um, uh, again, it's out of California, uh, Chaucer's. Oh, Chaucer, that makes sense. Yeah, Chaucer's, so since 1964, I think they started producing commercial mead. And then Oliver uh, is right in behind them out of, out of the Midwest. Interesting. Well, I wonder if mead took a big jump in during Prohibition when I saw, yeah, no one's growing grapes anymore. Well, they were, but anyway, all for religion. <laughs> well, we come back from this break. We're going to talk more with Chris Weber, the uh, founder of the American Mead Makers Association. So stick around, pour your glasses something great, and we'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, I'm Jeff Cox with PCC Natural Markets, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It's time for round four, our final round, our final segment here with Chris Weber, the president, well, former president, but founder of American Mead Makers Association, which is, uh, I guess, headquarters. We're located in Lakewood, where uh, Outlanders Keep and uh, Dragon's Lair Meadery is, right? That's it. So uh, you have one more mead for me, and this is elderberry. So I'm curious, uh, is there some variety labeling you can do? Because it says elderberry. Is this a wine or is this mead? It's a mead. Okay. So, um, uh, of course, we use all Washington honey and fruit and all of that. So, um, the elderberry. So, you're, you're hive to hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that, like that. Yeah, this is part of our, our well, supportive of the, the you know, Washington, uh, you know, agriculture and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and being born and bred and Washingtonian. Very cool. 
Um, I'm looking at this list of meads that you sent me, and there are literally 50, 60 different kinds of meads, which uh, have all sorts of old world names, um, pitteria and piment and rotomel and black mead and dang dagare and uh, hydromel. It's quite interesting. Um, to, to look it up, Wikipedia has this, and you can really find a lot of information here. It talks about meads from Nepal and from Greece and from uh, Eastern Euro- Europe, etc. But we're talking about mead from Washington right now. And Chris Weber, you use elderberries. Where do you, is there an elderberry bush in your backyard, or how do you find elderberries for this? Actually, uh, elderberries don't grow too prolific on the west side of the state. You have to get over on the east side of the state. And I was born and raised over in Columbia County, and um, they're everywhere. So. I go over there in the fall. Um, everywhere. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, literally my brother's backyard and uh, down along the riverbanks and, and along the roadsides and wherever wherever you go. Wow, you paint a real Andy Griffith picture for me. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, and uh, it's nice to get away from the hustle and bustle of the big city and... Absolutely. We have a place in Walla Walla where our vineyard is in-house, and we have a great time over there. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking at uh, some really pretty bottles. This one's called Sunset. Uh, It's called... uh Ecaril, ecaril, ethereal, ethereal, yeah, yeah, ethereal meads, yeah, ruby uh, sunset, gold medal mazer cup. And the mazer yeah. cup is the world's largest mead competition, yes. mead only. Yeah, and where does that take place? Same place every year. The same place every year. It's in Colorado. It was in uh, Boulder for the last uh, six or eight years, okay. and then uh, last year uh, the venue that they used uh, closed down, so they moved it a little bit south, closer to Denver, which sure. I, I can't remember the name of the town. So this one's called Sunset, Ruby Sunset. It's honey and strawberry mead with natural flavors, which I always like because, uh, you know, I love natural flavors. Um, some artificial ones, too, but uh, uh, honey and strawberry sounds really good. Now, I know that for most people, mead is going to be a rather uh, adventurous buy for them, mm-hmm. but here's what I'm saying. I'm saying if you like artisanal, if you like craft beers, if you like artisanal wines, you have to try this because this is a real artisanal product made from people that know what they're doing, who care, and are trying to make some craft a beverage that is really delicious and unique. Now, I would add, say that for most of these, I would add these to some sparkling water just to get that sense, and not, and not to, because I think for the whole glass, one this goes a long way. It's got a lot of depth of flavor here, and I'm finding myself, okay, the flavor lingers, and it's great, but <laughs> I think to to get, this is more of a cocktail idea for me, more refreshing, because, you know, you chill the meat, I imagine, right? It's better chilled? Uh, most of them that I have tried chilled are, are better that way. Um, Brothers Drake, speaking of cocktails, Brothers Drake in uh, um, Ohio, they have a whole line of meads they make specifically for uh, mixing yeah. in cocktails and the like. I so. think you can do a lot with these because these this would be a great cocktail additive because oh, yeah. it's got a lot of nuance. Of course, that honeyness, we look for sweetness and sour and, 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 and everything. Um, mm-hmm. This is absolutely delicious and really fun for me. My first real uh, immersion in the hive, if you will, <laughs> and into the world, uh, the busy world of bees and what, uh, well, busy of mead makers too. Yeah. So your website is? Our website is outlanderskeep.com, and we're on Facebook, Outlanders Keep. Great, and uh, we can find what you're doing down there. We can see some photos and how it's produced. And how many bee stings do you get? Any? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not a beekeeper yet, so I, I don't get too many, but uh, I'm looking forward to the day. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, Chris Weber, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. I really appreciate uh, Dragon's Lair Mead, and, of course, uh, I want to try your uh, 
your fruit wine. So we'll get you back on air, and we'll we'll do that uh, coming up here after harvest. Absolutely. Love to come back. Thanks so much. That's Chris Weber, the uh, founder of the American uh, Mead Makers Association, and he's also former president. He's uh, passed on the reins to uh, people with lots of energy and uh, take on the, uh, <laughs> the second leg of their mission. And I'm looking um, at uh, this commodities. We grow a lot of cool stuff in Washington, raspberries, spearmint, apples, cherries, grapes, prunes. It's really, really cool. And to see that uh, uh, entrepreneurs such as yourself are making really fun products that are, well, delicious and um, and happy. Uh, speaking of happy, it's Happy Hour Radio. Join me every every Saturday, 6 o'clock, right here on uh, 570 KVI. Remember, if you ever miss a show, it's happyhourradio.net. And I hope to see you next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the Auction of Washington Wines of San Michelle, auctionofwashingtonwines.org. I'll see you next week. Remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.